Welcome back. I'm Jess. Oh man, that is super. <laughs> is it really bad? Not anymore, but it started off clicking like the predator. <laughs> I got really yeah, I can hear you fine now. All right. Uh we're gonna leave wanna leave that in? <laughs> yeah, why not? All right, we'll leave that in. <laughs> um so yeah. You're Regan, right? <laughs> Uh, last time I checked, but I only checked the one time. Uh, you're Jess, right? I am. I am. Oh, uh, and th- this sounds a lot like uh, you pick, we watch. It does sound like that. What are we listening? What are we listening to today, or watching? <laughs> <laughs> we're listening to the Predator somewhere in the background, but we're <laughs> talking about the 2020 film, The Happiest Season. Yes, we are, and I. This is probably not a movie that Regan would have watched, but I made him watch this. Yeah. Yeah, glad I did, though. You know, it just takes one person to vouch for a movie, and you might end up really liking it. Yeah. Uh, I think this episode's obviously going to go a little different if the beginning's any (laughs) indication of uh, our day today. (laughs) So, um, Because this movie just literally came out, like a week and a half ago there's not a lot of like behind the scenes and stuff so i thought we could just like talk about it and our reaction and why this movie is important and why everybody should uh watch it sure yeah that sounds just fine to me we can throw in some facts too because i i do have some facts yeah, I was going to say, I've got facts, too, but like you said, it came out like a week and a half ago, so I've got like maybe six or seven. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I have a get-to-know-you question today All that right. is part of this movie. So, did you propose on a holiday? I did not. <laughs> you weren't one of those people? Not one of those people. I did propose near Valentine's Day. I didn't want to do it on a holiday, though, because I like holidays just by themselves. You know, I don't want to I don't want to add an important day to an already important day. I'd be like having your birthday on the 4th of July. You know, people are usually going to celebrate one of those a little harder than the other. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Same thing with me. I didn't. I didn't propose on a holiday. I think I proposed near Thanksgiving or near my birthday. One of those. Oh well, happy near anniversary then. Yeah, I got married two years ago. So. <laughs> me too, actually. Um, uh, yeah, our anniversaries are actually really close together without us trying to do that. Obviously. Huh. We planned that far in advance in anticipation for a podcast. Yes, yeah. Mine's October 1st, and yours is in September, right? Yep, September 8th. Yeah, so uh, the reason we talk about this is because this is a holiday romantic comedy in which somebody loves somebody else and would like to propose during a holiday. Um, and that doesn't always go as planned in romantic comedies. I'd actually make the argument that it almost never goes as planned. <laughs> I would agree with that. 
Um, so when I'll give a little background on when I started seeing previews for this, because like once you see something, Facebook and Twitter like decides you need to see it every five seconds. Hmm. And I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this preview and I'm going to see what this is about. And then it's like saying, okay, Clea Duvall wrote, wrote and directed it. I'm like, okay, I'm already hooked. So tell me more. And then it's like starring Kristen uh, Stewart. And I'm like, damn, she has got me like her last few movies have been awesome. So like I'm in, I was in before I saw anything else. And then like I saw the preview and with Dan Levy and Kristen Stewart just playing off each other. I was like, I don't even care if they're in it together for five minutes. I'm going to watch this thing. Yeah, I I don't think I actually saw the trailer first. I think I just saw like a thumbnail or something of it um, on Facebook that was just advertising. It was coming out in like a week or two. And I just when I, I looked closer and realized that I recognized like almost every person on the poster there and like almost every person on there. I just I think like the dad, I recognize him from other stuff, but. He never like stuck out to me in any particular role, but yeah, I since I saw uh, Dan Levy in it, this is like just coming off of my wife and I finishing up the last season of Schitt's Creek, where he and his dad, you know, co-creator. I guess he created that series, but he stars in it with his dad, and he is hilarious. So I was like, okay, already in. Stop selling. You've made the sale, and here we are. Yeah. Um. This. And it's so, I don't know, it's, there's so much about this. And if you notice, like, I haven't, like, just come out and say it, said it, because the movie doesn't, like, hold your hand about it either. It's just two people as they are. But it's about two lesbians being in love. And it doesn't make it about that, though, which I absolutely love. We're sounding like the Predator again. Oh, we are? How bad is it? What? I can hear you now. Gotcha. Okay. All right. All right. It's the spotty internet. Um, yeah, let me know if it gets bad and we'll just pause and, and restart and we'll uh, ha- do like we did before <laughs> when people have dropped out. So. Um, yeah, this is so like it doesn't it's just people like this story would work if it was a man and a woman too yeah that's what i liked most about it i think is that nothing in it felt particularly forced it was just people Uh, coming together on the holiday with uh maybe a little bit of a secret yeah so basically you have uh well, let's go through. Let's go through who plays in it, because, um, like you said, this cast is awesome. And usually, when you get a movie with a cast that has like a lot of famous people in it, the movie tends to not be that good for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but so we've got Kristen Stewart plays the lead, who is Abby, and. She is a like art person, 
But, like, you find out real quick that her parents have been dead for a while, but they don't, like, I don't know. It's not a plot point, really. It is, but it's not. Like, she's over it. Because throughout the whole movie, they're like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. She's like, no, it it was a long time ago. (laughs) Um, And I love that. So she doesn't like Christmas. Yeah. Was it her parents were super into Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, her parents like loved Christmas, and when they passed away, she just never felt she was going to get that that feeling again. And you find that out pretty quick because Mackenzie Davis's character uh, Harper is like making her go around to see all these lights, like this little walkabout thing. Yeah. Um, Sounds pretty right on. You said Mackenzie Davis was in. What was it, Black Mirror? Yeah. That's right. She was in the uh, San Junipero episode, which was fantastic. And it was also a like sci-fi um, lesbian romance story kind of thing. is is really great. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. Um, she also was in Terminator Genesis, wasn't she? Not, ge- I think it was Dark Fate. Like, whatever was the most yeah, recent yeah. one. Dark Fate, that's what I meant. I meant. She played, like, the... Did she play the, like, souped-up human? Yeah. That's right. That's why I didn't recognize her. Yeah, well, she looks completely different in that, too. It's like she's got a lot more muscle than I've ever seen on her, and, like, way shorter hair. Yeah, and let's be honest, her wig was terrible in this movie. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, did not even clock that as a wig. <laughs> that it definitely was a wig. Like my wife was telling like the whole time. She's like, that wig's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because so. my wife routinely clocks stuff like that. Like, oh, <laughs> like uh who was it? We we're watching something and she just made some comment about just the amount of hair extensions in someone's hair for a movie. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> okay. So that's not their real hair. Good to know. I say the same thing all the time. I'm like, uh, really? How do you know? She's like, please. <laughs> You're like, that's not an answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're in love and they live together and everything's good. And, in a moment of passion, Mackenzie Harper says, Abby, come home with me for Christmas. And Abby's like, yeah, okay, let's go. And then as they're driving, it comes out that Harper isn't out to her parents yet. Which, right away, you know, okay, there's going to be drama. There's going to be hijinks and shenanigans trying to cover this. and But it's also a rom-com. So you know that everything is going to work out in the end. But it's going to be that journey and how the characters grow from that journey. Um, so then we get to their house and we meet the parents. Uh, who Victor Garber is the father. And you're right, he's been in like a ton of stuff. Um, I can't name anything because I'm trying not to use my internet right now. <laughs> so. I, I think he's in that CW show... Uh, legends of tomorrow or maybe like the flash or something i just remember seeing him weirdly in a few episodes of something and and then here he is suddenly yeah and he is also uh 
he's a real life gay man. Oh. And he's a gay man in real life. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's been married to his partner for forever. Um, and let's backtrack. Kristen Stewart is obviously a uh, person. I don't know how she identifies, but she's definitely in my category, I think. I, I think I read online earlier when I went down the rabbit hole that, uh, well, either she labeled herself as bi or the page I was reading labeled her as bi. All I know is she dated some dudes and was dating a chick. Yeah. Uh, and I think she's ever evolving as she comes goes through things. Uh, Mackenzie Davis is just a supporter. And then the mother is uh, Mary Steenbergen, who has just recently come on my radar because I've watched her in uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist hmm. um, last year. And that's that singing show that kind of is like Glee, but not kids, I guess, is a bit good way to put it. Hmm. Um, and she's really good. And she plays like a conservative mother, like so perfectly in this movie. Also, um, I found, so I know her from the show, the last man on earth with Will Forte. Yeah. So she was on there for it. Actually, I think right since season one. And I found out that she's actually an Oscar winning actress um, from the 80s. Like she was I remember her being in Back to the Future three. And then she was in some sort of movie after that, that uh, she won an Oscar for a supporting role in. Yeah, and that's awesome. And like the fact that she's getting like second, not second life, but just like she's an older woman and usually older women like their careers kind of ended back in the day. You know, like there were no nobody was casting women in their 50s or 60s. And I think in the last 10, 15 years, you've really seen that change, Um, especially like when we talk about shows coming to Netflix or Hulu or Amazon, like they get almost a second life and all these people that have been really great for a long time and a whole new generation gets to see them. Yeah, definitely. Um it's uh, uh, I'm struggling to think of the name here. Good thing the internet exists. Um, for you, for me. it does not exist for me today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Catherine O'Hara. That's who it is. She plays the mom in Shit's Creek, and uh, she yeah. essentially said the same thing in an NPR interview that I just happened to hear like the only time I listened to the radio in the past like five <laughs> months. But yeah, no, that was really cool. She said that like if you're an older woman in Hollywood, typically you either wouldn't get jobs or you'd be like some sort of character actor. And it's it's very much a changing time now with all the streaming services and just all the all the output that's out there. There's like no shortage of anything to do. And there's just more opportunity in general. Yeah, and it's awesome. Um, and when we get to their house, you know, she's saying, this is my, this is my orphan friend, Abby. (laughs) And I love that running joke through the whole movie. It's hilarious. And it's every time it's said, it's like nailed, like the comedic timing for it is, is perfect. And part of the joke is that that's how she's introduced to the family as like, not 
uh, Davis's girlfriend, but as her orphan roommate. So every like everyone goes out of their way to give her condolences for something that happened like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, and Kristen Stewart is really coming along in comedic movies. Um, did you see the Charlie's Angels reboot? I did not. All right, I know everybody was like meh <laughs> about it because for some reason everyone hates Elizabeth Banks and the amazing work that she does, <laughs> but um, it, it was awesome. And if you watch that compared to the tacky cringy, like, over-the-top Charlie's Angels with, like, Drew Barrymore and Lucy Liu and Cameron Diaz, which were awesome in their own right, but they are definitely aged poorly. (laughs) This new one, like, Kristen Stewart is hilarious in it. It's so so good. So, I recommend that. If you just want to have a fun, like, action ride. Nice, nice. Um, Allison Brie plays... Uh, Sloan, which is the older sister, and Allison Brie, I know from Community. <laughs> yeah, she was in uh, Mad Men and oh, what's that shit? Uh, Glow on Netflix, which is actually very good too. She did she play the main character yeah. in Glow? Okay, see, she looks so different in that, and I haven't watched Glow yet, but I really want oh, to. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, un- unfortunately, so, due to the pandemic, they're not shooting that last season. Yeah, I mean that happened with a lot yeah. of things. Um, does it end on a cliffhanger? Should I just not watch it? Uh, no, <laughs> actually, it 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 ties up nicely, but there's obviously like more threads to pick up if like there were a next season kind of a deal. Okay. Uh. Yeah, I'll watch that because watching her in Community, I felt she was like, uh, not typecast, but just like she didn't really grow through the series. Okay. N- none of the characters really did. So, <laughs> but it would have been, I didn't watch her in Mad Men. I know my wife did and she liked her. So I really would like to see her in some other stuff. Um, and then my favorite, well, I think my second favorite side character in this is jane the youngest (laughs) sister oh (laughs) poor jane (laughs) she just loves life like and you find out later why she's the way she is and why the other ones are but like this just her hugging like when she says it's my orphan and my orphan friend she hugs her. She goes, you're so strong. You don't need to be. <laughs> she's like, nah, okay. Yeah, she's like the um, she's like the whipping boy of the whole family there. Like, <laughs> I felt so bad because everyone unintentionally, like, craps on her. Yeah, Jane, the internet's out. <laughs> <laughs> um, we talked about Dan Levy, Levy being in there. Um, Who's hilarious? Uh, I do think he plays kind of the same character so far in everything that I've seen him in, but he makes it work. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like this was very similar to his role in Shit's Creek, but like dialed down a little. Mm-hmm. But yeah, still super funny, and, look- and his comedic timing is fantastic when he's standing next to the uh, 
the ex-boyfriend dude um god what's his name uh Connor. yeah 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 when he's just he's just like waits uh yeah <laughs> that's okay if you haven't seen the movie that's there's no reason that should be funny but he makes it funny yeah everything he does and you love his little side story with the fish <laughs> yeah throughout yeah. the movie oh my god so abby uh is taking care of people's pets over the holidays that go on vacation because she wasn't planning on going anywhere so she makes uh her friend john dan uh do it and immediately there's something that happens to the fish <laughs> <laughs> And then that's an also a running joke throughout the whole movie. And then the other running joke that he has is he tracks people. Hmm. And so that comes up throughout the movie as well. But that first scene when he's having when they're having coffee or whatever, and he goes, <laughs> I left <laughs> I left a gentleman in my house and I'm just following him. <laughs> See what I like is for the most part like all of those jokes like there's a lot of running gags through the movie but it doesn't feel cluttered with them and they all kind of come back in a way that matters you know yeah like it's not just a joke for the sake of having a joke no this movie is written like this movie is written how real people talk and act and just are and I think that drew me in. Like I was laughing the whole the whole time, but I also like had feelings towards the end. Oh yeah. And just how this is written, Clea Duvall, I think deserve like this movie deserves a writing nomination for something. Best original screenplay or something. I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm hoping for like Golden Globe time uh, because it. Musicals or comedies don't usually, we talked about this last week, don't usually get nominated for, like, Oscars and whatnot. And is this an Oscar film? No. But this is definitely worth a nomination for writing in, like, a Golden Globe time or a Screen Actors Guild thing. Also, um, just something I noticed is that usually when I'm looking at movies on IMBD, even if I think they're pretty decent, sometimes like the Metascore or just whatever, you know, rating website that's attached in a in like a thumbnail on the site usually isn't really too high. But this one was actually higher than a lot of other ones I've seen recently. And the only reason I'm bringing it up is because it's a 69. Nice. <laughs> yes, I just saw that. Nice. nice. <laughs> um. The last, well, there's two other people I just want to bring up briefly. Um, Aubrey Plaza plays the ex-girlfriend who, uh, and Aubrey Plaza in real life has identified as bisexual as well, which is pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't didn't know that Um, earlier today. And so she plays the ex-girlfriend, Riley, who knows exactly how Abby is feeling, which can lead to disaster. And we'll talk about that a little later as we talk about Also, movie. Aubrey Plaza uh, is a thief yeah. because she stole like every scene she was in. <laughs> like is <it> <laughs> she's great. Yeah, she definitely was. And I only know her from 
uh, Parks and Rec. Mm. And I didn't like Parks and Rec. Oh. So her, like, so I was never, I'm not really, like, a big fan. But this, this movie, like, turned me around on her. She's she's done a lot of stuff after Parks and Rec. And I think now she's doing some more serious work anyway from what i've seen like funny but still kind of leaning towards serious roles which is an interesting change yeah and then the nice uh a nice little surprise to see in there and it's always a nice surprise when you see her on a gas tire shows up in it and i don't know if you watched i mean again you're a lot younger than me (laughs) so (laughs) i don't know if you watched saturday night live in the 90s with like molly shannon and um Debbie Downer. <laughs> I can't think of her real name. Um, the Jimmy Fallon, Adam Sandler era, that whole era. Gotcha. Um, she, she's the other half of the sweaty balls. <laughs> what about, I'll never forget that. Yeah. Um, and I love her. She's just, she's hilarious in pretty much anything she does. And that's that stand up like comedy improv mm-hmm. style and she's she's just awesome Who so that was a nice surprise so for the in this movie she was the um the person that they were throwing the party for or that oh. uh he was trying to get her to endor- gotcha. endorse him so so basically in this movie you have the father who wants to run for mayor and as we all know you can't be yourself in politics. And that's where all this comes to play. Mm-hmm. So, um, you are much better at running down movies <laughs> than me. So you, you go ahead and give a, an, an quick recap. And then we can <laughs> okay. So essentially Kristen Stewart goes to Christmas at her girlfriend's family's house for like five days which i thought you know that's fine but that's that's a long time to be around your own family um yeah and so they get to experience christmas at uh at there the whole time kristen stewart has this plan to like or at least she wants to propose to her girlfriend on christmas and as you can imagine I would say, like, very little goes as planned. And I'm just going to leave it there. Pretty vague. Yeah, that is uh, perfect. Um, There is... So, obviously, all of this, like, you have your drama that happens. And as I said earlier, like, Aubrey Aubrey Plaza plays the ex-girlfriend. So, you know at some point there's going to be some tension between... Abby and Harper, Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis. And there's a scene where they go out to, because Davis wants to talk or go hang out with her old friends. Like, that's, and that's normal. Like, you go home and you see all your old friends and you want to go out like it's old times. So you go out to a bar. Well, Kristen Stewart feels like, you know, as she would, a third wheel. You know, just kind of leaving her alone and whatnot. And she's like, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go. Oh, wait, hang on. No, I missed, I missed the whole part. <laughs> Sorry. Before that, 
Davis is out doing stuff, I think, with her family. And what happens is basically what happens. Krista Stewart ends up seeing Riley, Aubrey Plaza, out. And she's like, I need a drink. Because there's a whole scene at the mall that happens. <laughs> it's a tense day. Yeah, it's a pretty rough day. And she's like, I yeah, need a Basically, so you aren't around any friends. And the one person you showed up with took off. So if that if that doesn't well and a run-in with the law so it's like if that doesn't make you want to have a drink i don't know what would yeah so you get a little bit of oh i think you're breaking up again oh you get a little bit of is that better is that better how's that oh are we there hello 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 hmm yeah it's a little all right it's uh kind of crackly when you talk all right um sorry we've been having technical difficulties all day (laughs) didn't get any of that that... no all right i'm gonna disconnect don't stop whatever you're doing okay i'm just holding my phone now um actually i'm gonna go upstairs so talk talk about the scene at the bar while i go upstairs <laughs> um <laughs> no it's it's just a it's a nice scene in a i'm assuming lesbian bar there's uh drag queens like singing christmas songs and it's kind of funny but it's a really good moment where Opry Plaza and Kristen Stewart get to kind of like bond over the shared experience of having dated the same person. Well, like a and... decade apart or so. And I feel like you yeah. wanted me to add more to that. And... And... Okay. Nope. Okay. Nope. We're good. Okay. So. Um, I have no computer now, so we're going to do this all off the top of my head. Um, yeah, going to that bar scene, though, that is a really, that's mm-hmm. that bar, and here's where we'll throw in some facts, was called Oxwood, the Oxwood, yeah. right? That, that was the, an homage to the last lesbian bar in hollywood or la uh that closed it was called the oxwood inn and it closed in 2007 Hmm. so they wanted to throw a little like here we go like homage to that um and then the drag queens in there are actually drag queens from rupaul's drag race that's right i i remember seeing them uh Seeing them in the movie, you know how you can just see people and you're like, I I feel like I should know you for some reason. Yeah, I've <laughs> never watched that show, but I see commercials for it all the time. Yeah. So you see a camaraderie with uh, Aubrey Plaza and Kristen Stewart, and like you feel for both of them because they've both been in the same situation where they've had to be, you know, not open with who they are around their girlfriend's parents. And I've been there, and I was like, damn, I feel them. I feel less hard. And then we cut to later 
on and Kristen Stewart's back at the house and Mackenzie Davis is out with her friends and you see Kristen Stewart's phone where she's been texting her and there's been no answer. And let me tell you, I have been there and that like, I felt that in my heart for her, even though it's a movie. I was like, I'm getting stabbed in the chest right that- now for you. Thing, you know, like no matter who you're dating, I feel like at one point or another, someone said, like, oh yeah, I'm not gonna be out that late, just getting drinks with a couple friends, and then like two o'clock in the morning, you're like, Where the hell are they? <laughs> Missed like five texts, yeah. and you're like just kind of simmering in the in the brine of how salty you are. Yeah, and and like you, you get so up like hurt and upset and then you do irrational things sometimes um yes it just it blew me away how real this movie was and like how fitting it was and i wish i had had this movie 20 Hmm. years ago yeah that that's uh i think that's a pretty fair assessment is one of the things I enjoyed most about the movie is no one felt like a caricature of a character except for the two security guards at the mall, <laughs> which that <laughs> which that was, that was pretty funny. I, that was hilarious when the guy comes back in. He's just like, I heard there were was it cronuts? Oh, that he was like, I, I honestly can't remember. <laughs> yeah, that's. That's a great thing. Yeah, the, I mean, because sometimes with a holiday movie, there can be like the overly a-hole sibling or something, you know, or the incompetent dad or whatever. But these just felt like real people that are acting the way they are for certain reasons that you aren't really privy to right now. Yeah. And when you do find out everything, because I mean... Uh, Clay Duvall even said like before the movie was out I read a bunch of interviews and she's like look it's a effing rom-com you know things are going to work out like enjoy the ride and like the realness of it yeah well she actually also I think said in an interview that this was sort of an autobiographical story for her and she wrote it so that Mm -hmm. she could see her own experiences play out on screen which is awesome because it's just for me, it's a thing that comes full circle because I watched her 20 years ago in, but I'm a cheerleader mm-hmm. and that movie, like that movie is such an iconic, like uh, queer movie that for her to come full circle and now be directing these type of experiences again, is going to give a whole new generation, even though it's a time where it's much easier to find these type of movies, mm-hmm. you would think we would have more representation in the holiday aspect, but we don't. So to see this is just is awesome. I can't give them enough props for doing and I feel like there are types of movies like this where there's a big difference between like one of these movies and one done well you know oh yeah i mean hallmark (laughs) pumps these movies out year round and they're the same plot and people eat it up but they're junk (laughs) yeah you know 
Yep. And I, speaking of Clea Duvall, I just uh, got a pretty big... Ch- okay, so actually, if I'm being fully transparent here, when we talked about this on the last episode uh, that we we're going to do this movie, and then you mentioned Clea Duvall, I didn't make the connection that she was like the person who wrote it and directed it. So when that scene comes <laughs> around in like one of the siblings' rooms where there's a, a young Josh Hartnett poster <laughs> on the wall, I was like, hey, yeah, oh, wow, that's cool. We talked about the faculty not that long ago. And then Clea brings it full circle with they were both in that movie together. How about that? Yeah, I love that. And I know for, I, for a fact she had to have put that in there just yeah. because, you know, like. Especially if this is something that happened to her during mm-hmm. that time, like it, it had to be there. She just does it like so well. Like if you go into somebody's room, I don't know who still has their like whose parents still have their rooms as they were when they were kids. I know mine don't. Um, but whenever you went over to somebody's house as a kid, as a young girl they would have posters of like all the boys on their walls and you would have all your friends like going, Oh, he's so cute. Just like Jane did in the movie. <laughs> and I loved it. Absolutely. I don't know. You probably had like Cindy Crawford or, or, uh, Pamela <laughs> Anderson, right? Oh, <laughs> I actually didn't have any posters on my wall because my, my mom was a little on the stricter side and didn't want me putting like tape on the wall or something like that. So that's <laughs> so that's that's that. Do you have posters all over your house now? Uh, nothing's changed <laughs> in that respect. No. Nah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's. I just really think everybody should should watch this because there's so many little things about this, and so many like big things about it. But you only get it like as you if you watch it as yeah. a whole. Um, I do have a couple a couple more facts that I thought were interesting though. Um, yeah. Let's see. Okay, so as soon as they were driving to uh, Harper's family's house, they drove across the bridge, and from watching that, I immediately clocked that as like one of the bridges, one of the big bridges in Pittsburgh. And it happens to be the same one that when I go down to visit my friend for St. Patrick's Day, we always end up walking across that one to get to the parade. And the f- that is not inherently interesting or funny, but the fact that <laughs> later on they're buying uh, a bunch of wine, or I guess Jane, the younger sister, buying a bunch of wine <laughs> at a liquor store could not possibly be Pennsylvania due to their antiquated liquor laws. <laughs> So they don't have like just liquor stores or beer at gas stations down there being the uh, Quaker state that they started out as. So it's like most of the counties there are dry. But if you go into any restaurant or diner or whatever, it's like they all have like several taps and like so much beer available. And you can just buy beer and walk away with it too, like just right out of the diner. It's wild. Wild West. (gasps) That is what I forgot that most of Pennsylvania. Yeah, is it's weird. Uh, if you want to like pick up a, a like a 30 rack or something, you have to go to an actual beer distributor location. And it's like a drive through, like a car wash. 
except they're not washing you they're not washing your car they're like loading your trunk up with 30 racks which is like all they sell too so it's like if you don't want to buy bulk you're just not getting beer <laughs> right that's crazy that's not that's so different cuz i grew up in maine where the gas station is an agency liquor store and you could buy a bottle of anything <laughs> you wanted so <laughs> <laughs> Is that because Maine's so close to Canada, which is practically Europe, that the laws are so lax? Um, I don't know. I like I would never thought anything of it. You could do the same thing at a grocery store. They have liquor there and you can buy anything you want. So we don't have like liquor stores per se back, <laughs> back home. home. We just call them stores. Um, so when I moved Yeah. So when I moved here and I couldn't buy wine at the beer store and i couldn't buy beer at the liquor store i was like i have to go to like three different stores to buy my booze <laughs> it's ridiculous. It, it does feel that way sometimes it's funny though because the first time so you know i've lived in new york state my whole life so this is just the way we you know things are done but when i visited my mom out in arizona in like 2015 i think like that was the first time i went to a different state walked in a walmart and saw like a wall of liquor and was completely <laughs> i don't know is it was wild shocking it's amazing um speaking of pittsburgh it was filmed in um it was not filmed in Pittsburgh, obviously, but they filmed it in 29 days in February, right before uh, COVID shut everything down. Yeah, there's there's like a few movies that were able to like squeak it in right before the pandemic hit. A 29 day principal photography, That's though, like, good. isn't that crazy? Yeah. For it to come out as good yeah, as it did. Didn't feel rushed. It was, uh, that, that's gotta be a feat to make a, a, a movie come together with just like one month of filming. Yeah. And then I like just awesome. And also, um, Clea actually flew out, I believe when, yeah, I believe to Europe when Kristen was doing Charlie's Angels to meet with her specifically to make sure, like, because she had her in mind to play the lead. And they hit it off right away. And she had asked Kristen to help her with the rest of the casting, too. So they could, like, make sure that everybody was nice. compatible. I'd say that paid off. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I do find that Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza had a little more mm -hmm. chemistry. But I think Mackenzie Davis was meant to be like more not cold, like removed somehow, or, yeah, standoffish, yeah, yeah. So, but I thought it it came out. I thought it came out amazing. Casting was perfect. Everything, everything was really good. And the the Instagram feed, like the Instagram, is a running joke through the whole movie too. And that comes to a perfect. Yeah, end and Cleo well. was actually in one of the those pictures too at a Pride Parade. Yeah, I had to rewind it. 
because my wife was like, was that was that Clay Duvall? I you know, like, it's I funny. I don't know. Let me rewind. Again, like, oh, no shit. Didn't realize she was the director. And as the credits are rolling, I was like, oh, these are nice pictures. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, was that Clay Duvall? Of all people that would randomly be in this movie? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, so, yeah, I don't have, obviously, there's no, like, I don't think there was any box. There's no box office stuff. We all know that nothing came out yeah. in the theaters. Well, I guess oh. I guess some stuff oh. did, but I just got an important news update. Breaking news: um, yeah. Warner Brothers is going to release all of their 2021 scheduled movies also on HBO Max. Nice, and you know what? I just figured out <laughs> my HBO Max. So. I have a whole new streaming service because here's the messed up thing. A little side story. Hulu. I pay for HBO through Hulu. And on Hulu, it says HBO Max. So I was like, oh, I guess I have HBO Max here. No, you don't have HBO Max on Hulu. You have to actually download the HBO Max app and connect your Hulu to it to get HBO Max, all the product, all the shows that are specific to that. Funny how that works. Yeah. Yeah. But I have it. It's all set up now. So now I can watch that Melissa McCarthy movie um, and browse through that. So I'm excited. Yeah. Um, Also, I'll be able to watch Wonder Woman. Exactly. (laughs) That's the reason for the season this year. So it really is. Um, so that's that's all I've got for this. I mean, let's do. Uh, obviously, I give this two thumbs up. Like I think I've explained the whole time why this movie is amazing and everybody should watch yeah. it. Yeah, I my take on it is also a very two thumbs movie. Two thumbs up, I should specify. Um, it's just really. It's what can you imagine if we <laughs> this whole time? I'm like, oh yeah, all this is great. This I is hated awful. It. Um. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just, it's really well-written. The characters are really believable. And there's a lot of, like, sharp and witty dialogue in there. And just overall, it's for a holiday movie I wasn't expecting too much from. It was really heartfelt. And I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, it's, this was a great movie to kick off our holiday sure made me jolly. movies. Yeah. Exactly. Um, do you just want to go through, since we only have three Christmas movies, do you want to just start with ha- uh, Home Alone 1? <laughs> sure. And yeah, we'll that do sounds that. good to me. All right. Yeah. Um, and then I know you're going to watch Christmas Vacation it, anyway exactly. at some point. So. And you could probably do that without watching it anyway. I well, I've never, oddly enough, never did like a deep dive on it. So I could quote like the entire movie backwards, but I couldn't tell you a fact about it. Well, (laughs) never mind. I'll, I'll, I know like two things that I'll say for the actual episode. All right. All right, so next week, um, yeah, we'll do, we won't spin the wheel this week. We'll do Home Alone 1. And then Home Alone 2, and then Christmas Vacation. Uh, that should bring us right up to the new year when we'll do our top five best and worst. And Regan should start uh, 
figuring that out now. Oh, yeah, that's favorites. a good call. Uh, <laughs> I hate favorites, but I'm very good at waiting to the last minute to do anything. Yeah. And then uh, probably after that is when we'll have Perfect. Matt on. So, and we'll have a poll going up, right, for the yes. Ben Affleck movie we're going to watch. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> Um, right. Just so I'm clear, the be awesome. five best, five worst is that of the movies we've watched together for the podcast, we're ranking top. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So it's a smaller pool oh, for you. Hey, also <laughs> just remembered, speaking of Mackenzie Davis, she was in Blade Runner 2049. Wow. I forgot to bring that up earlier. Oh. <laughs> oh, damn. I. I thought I read that, and I was trying to get Can't it out run of my from head. Blade Runner. So. Who did she... Did she play the android uh, like, she, girl? No, um, she like played the, the, the hologram? Uh, the one that the hologram, like, synced over. Oh. <laughs> I didn't pay attention much. Well, so. fine. Just know she's in it. <laughs> and... Yeah, and I'm probably never going to watch it again. But... <laughs> <laughs> you know that nobody's requested Yo, Blade Runner OG I request... yet. So, <laughs> I wouldn't I mean, request Blade Runner happen. OG. I watched that the first, well, with my wife. It was her first time seeing it. And that was, I was sincerely enjoying it for like the first 30 minutes. And then all of a sudden, I just, I was like, oh, yeah, this is why I don't own this. Yep. Yep. That's pretty much how I went. I get it. All right. That's enough Blade Runner for today. We're all done with that trash heap. But <laughs> all right. So we have our plan. And uh, yeah, sorry about the technical difficulties a little bit, guys. We'll uh, I'll fix that next time. So. All um, right. Yeah, well, go ahead and take thanks us out. for tuning in, guys. Uh, next week, we're going to discuss the 1990 wow that movie's as old as i am home alone one that's what we're talking about <laughs> um do you remember who that was picked for us by matt r yeah right matt r. well uh remember you can help select the next movie we watch by emailing the podcast at you pick we watch at gmail.com you can also message us on Facebook or Twitter at you pick we watch and send recommendations in that way, or just let us know what you think about movies that we've done episodes on. If you like what you hear, you can feel free to write up a quick five-star review. It really mm -hmm. does help. And we thank you everyone who's already done that. I'm Regan. You can find me on the very social media of Facebook and Instagram at author Regan Brooks. And I'm Jess, and you can find me on Twitter at RadMadMal. And uh, this has been awesome, and everybody needs yeah, to go watch this the, movie right turn now. Turn Hulu on. Give it a whirl. Yep. All right, guys. We'll Home see you next week for Home Alone. Alone.